I bet she'll be entertaining as fuck to have on the show. So oh, there's God, that at yeah. least. Yeah, 100 percent Yeah. Um yeah. You know who else is entertaining as fuck? Who's that? Who? Hey there, everybody. <gasps> Welcome back to Pixelit. My name is Kevin, and with me as always is Phil. Hello. And today we are reading, recapping, and reviewing our continuation of Alan Dean Foster's Shadow Keep. Not Destiny 2 Shadow Keep, just Shadow Keep. No. 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 <laughs> not at it's all. It's become impossible to find anything about this game. There is nothing that you can find online. You just put Shadow Keep, that's that is as it has been obliterated by the yeah. by the Destiny 2 train. <laughs> I, by the way, I am still amazed that that one is is hanging in there as well as it is because I was working in the games industry when that game came out some six years well, ago. So Destiny came out six years ago. Destiny yeah. Two is five years ago. Okay, okay. 20, 2017. Yeah. So you were still at. Um, I was. I was at Scuff still, Gaming. Yeah, you were still at that controller company. Yeah, yeah, the esports place. The the, the esports. 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 Eh? Eh? Sports. (laughs) Eh? That's I literally had to sit there. It's it's funny how often that sort of thing comes up when you're back in the normie businesses. Yeah. Um, because I work in tourism now, and uh one of the guys who is literally he runs uh the sports. Uh, division of our of our tourism industry and he went to an esports convention just to see what it was all about and he yeah. came back and during our monthly meeting was just going i'm telling you they were just sitting there watching them play video games it's crazy and i'm like this industry has been around for years yeah it is a multi-billion dollar industry and yeah, you just come on i have a feeling <laughs> they shouldn't be sending the traditional sports guy to uh it, to cover this it might not be a great idea. Might not uh, be but, the right fit. But I had to. I had to raise my hand at one point and go, "Yeah, I used to work in this industry, and this is how it works." And told them, gave them, gave them a quick rundown of the run things down. they want to know. Yeah. And now I might be. They might be calling me in to help figure that out. So. Right. Well, that makes sense. I mean, yeah. uh, you you have a background in the industry, so if they do want to do uh, some sort of event in. Greenville or the yeah. surrounding well Greenville is is your your bailiwick that's it's that's pretty much covered. it yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was gonna say the surrounding area but no that's your your Greenville that's, and that's, that's it, it. <laughs> he was he was like there were people dressed up as characters and everything and he's like passing around his phone with this picture and he's like and someone's like who's she supposed to be why is she wearing is that are those goggles? That's weird. And, every, and it gets to be, and I'm like, that's Tracer. That's Tracer. Her name's From- Trace. The character's Tracer, and it's uh, it's Overwatch. And it's Overwatch. O- and, Overwatch uh, Two is coming out this yeah. year, and um, it's one of the like biggest you would, games. You you wouldn't believe how thirsty people were for this character when she first time. came out. It See, was- the thing is, Tracer's gay. Right. And- <laughs> <laughs> that is canon now. That's canon now, and and so is Soldier Seventy Six, and it was. Oh, I always uh, forget that he's gay. Yeah, it, for Soldier Seventy Six, it was one of those too little, too late kind of moments. Be like, well, yeah. you, you kind of waited four years to drop that bomb. That right, <laughs> like it would have been nice if we knew that right up front. 
Um, but I think I mean, we Tracer, always knew Roadhog and Junkrat had something going on. No, they definitely had something going on. I don't think they are returning for Overwatch Two. They have uh, they have a new uh, person called the Junker Queen, who is just uh-huh. like the hot version of them. And damn. And uh, she's like, she looks, she's like built like Zarya a little bit, I think. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. That so. stinks. Roadhog was always my main. I don't think he's he was, competitive anymore. It's been a no, long time. No, it's been such, I don't, uh, you know what? It's been, I used to know all yeah. of that stuff. There was a good year or two where I was like, oh yeah, no, this is the current meta. The current meta is like three tanks and a blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, I, I, I had that knowledge and it is all gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. It's and because it's like destiny. It's like now it is for a select small group of people. Not small, but in video game terms, probably pretty small. It's their everyday game. Right. Right. This is just the game you play. It's wow. You know, the way that. Yeah. I know, mean, you, destiny you, has a lot of stuff to do in it. Like there's yeah. the raids and all that all that fun stuff and and all the you know you can spec out your character with the armor and the weapons and, and the I fashion. really liked the aesthetic of Destiny but I just it wasn't compelling enough for it to be like something yeah. that I would drop everything for. Yeah. Who is who who somebody bought Bungie? Didn't didn't uh, micro, not Microsoft. What am I talking about? Uh Sony Sony. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Which is wild that they went from they got they were owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Got out of that. They were owned by Activision. Got out of that, and then they were bought by Sony. And they've and they've survived the whole time. Like at no point, at no point were they dissolved. At no point were they like. It's, it's subsumed into the like it was it just just yeah. they are untouchable. It's fucking amazing. Actually. It is bananas. Absolutely bananas. Uh, but you know what? We're not talking about Destiny 2. We're talking about Shadowkeep. We're talking about the novelization written by the king of novelizations himself, Alan Dean Foster. And we left off at chapter five That's uh, right. last week. And so we we get to chapter five and chapter four ends on like a cliffhanger. Right, there's some goblins off in the distance. What are we going to do with some goblins? Um, and basically the group sees that the goblins are attacking a caravan of these like lizard people called the Zista. Um, and they are migratory lizard people that travel to warmer weather. So basically they're, they just, they're cold blooded they're, they're right. So they need to just constantly be on the move to like, Oh, well it's, you know, it's, it's going to be winter here soon. So we got to travel to where it's summer. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat. And yeah, it, yeah. he's building the world. Like we, we've got these, we've already got a kangaroo guy and a, Elf style kind of race. Yeah. Elf I, descendant. I just, yeah. Yeah. And and this was back when you could introduce a, a, a whole race uh, with just a few sentences describing them instead of actually having to go into like, you know, 40 hours of, of canon on who they are and where they come from. Like you, you could keep it 
simple back then. It was it was before this is 1984 or 84. 84 is about uh, 84 i think yeah 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 it was before the nerds demanded all of the footnotes basically <laughs> so well, yeah it's also it's before that but also after that because uh what's his what's his face uh tolkien basically well that's true he i mean that's, what's it this uh the cimmerillion Sil- Silmarillion. Yeah, he did yeah. that shit already. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. And no one and that's but but I think that's the difference. No one's no ever one, read the Silmarillion. Well, that's true. But I don't think anyone was trying to go toe to toe with it either. No. So they were like, that was really cool. No one's going to do that ever again. Cut to, you know, if you if you claim to have read the Silmarillion. No, you haven't. Shut no, up. you haven't. <laughs> I actually listened to a podcast. Um uh, where they, uh, they, the guy is, he just had a child and has been reading the Silmarillion to his kid <laughs> who is six months old just because that's what he's reading. And he's like, well, the kid needs to hear, you know, was it, what was I'm that saying. On, was that on? Uh, um, oh, was it? Uh, I, it's uh, it's probably not aliens. It's probably not aliens. It was, I get, I'm was getting it him, Tristan? I'm getting, that was Tristan <laughs> who did that. I don't, a friend of the podcast. Uh, I, I. I I think I got them mixed up with another podcast I'm listening yeah, to, no, which also just had a baby. And uh, look, I'll be on. Uh, it's probably not aliens. Um, uh, if the timing works out, my guest appearance will be this week uh, that the this episode comes out. So nice. Go over there That's and perfect maybe timing. see. Maybe I did that on me. purpose. <laughs> this, and this is and this is your second appearance. On it's the show, my second it appearance on the show. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. We're talking about Hollow Earth. Hollow like oh, a chocolate a bunny one. on Easter. Yeah. <laughs> I love that freaking podcast. So, um, Silmarillion. Yeah. Uh, so basically, uh, Sranol and Practor are like, nah, forget it. And Merrill's like, no, we have to actually do something about this. Uh, because we're, <laughs> we are morally good. We are, yes. we are, we are on the good alignment chart. And, so I and think we get into we, some weird stuff here, by the way, that seems some really weird day. racy race stuff that yeah. I was like, I was like, huh. And basically, uh, because Practor is like, well, you know, we're more like the goblins than because the goblins are warm blooded. Then mm-hmm. and they have smooth skin like like us. They're not we're we're like the goblins. We're not like the Zistar Zista. So I don't know why we would get involved. And Merrill's like, it's not appearance that makes uh makes them makes people like a race a people. It's the fact that they have culture and laws and and the goblins. All this, don't, the goblins I suppose? do not. Yeah, and she so it's like. So she's like, we are more like the Zista, even though they are cold blooded than we're like the goblins. And it's like, okay. Like at one point she literally says they're not people. Yeah. It was, it's like, yeah, it's, and I mean, and in a world right now where, you know, we still see these debates within D&D over certain races in the game being automatically considered evil, like goblins, orcs, etc. Right. Um, I found this to be very, very interesting. You know, it, it tells yeah. you a lot about where we were with the sword and sorcery stuff. Right, then. exactly. That there are inherently evil creatures. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily evil. I think her her point of view was it wasn't necessarily evil, just that they weren't um you're not killing people. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> the, count. Yeah, so 
more beasts than anything yeah you're else. killing more more beasts that just happens to know how to use tools rather than rather than a person which <laughs> i don't know the whole scene kind of skeeved me out a little bit a little bit yeah <laughs> like i feel like merald was was really like they they were both they were both arguing the wrong thing like yeah yeah <laughs> it, was it, like, was, yes. it was like Practor was like arguing not to intervene because we're more like the goblins and Merald's inter- arguing to intervene because the goblins are subhuman right. and and I'm like no you intervene because the goblins are the aggressor like that's yeah, all you yeah. have to say <laughs> You intervene because they're trying to kill women and children down there. And it's, it's, that's why. Immediately to this, like, like right wing talk show discussion. (laughs) It does, yeah, it gets a little collar bully, you know? It just, just, oh, can we move on from this? Oh, boy. It's like, yeah, no, we kill, because it's like, because think about it, think about it. If, If it was a pack of wolves, if right. it was a pack of wolves, easy. You, it easy still decision. wouldn't have been the right argument. It's still, no, no, it would not have been the right argument because you're like, well, wolves aren't people, so we can just go ahead and kill them. It's like that's kind of fucked up. No, you're you're, you're trying to defend these people from yeah. an aggressor, right? You know, like it's not like we just go around killing goblins like willy nilly. You know, right? It's not exactly. Like we're, we're maybe trying we, to maybe maybe they do in this world. Maybe we'll find out later. Maybe we'll like, find they, out later that that's actually a thing. The Thaladar are like genocidal freaks when it comes to goblins. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, the goal is they need. There's the goblins have have blockaded the end of this little ravine that the the Zista caravan is in, and they have to clear the. Our party has to clear that uh, that blockade in order for the caravan to move on. And uh, they do. They they actually they get in there and they just start kicking ass. They and yeah. And there's one quote that I <laughs> that struck me was it was after uh, Practor kills his first goblin. Oh, he okay. I was going to bring this up too. Okay. He good. thinks to himself, "How simple it was to kill." He discovered <laughs> he didn't like it one bit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up too. It, it's you know, for you know, right after this question of personhood. With goblins, he does at least have this moment where it's just like, oh, yeah, killing people super easy. I don't like it, though. So it's like, OK, all right. We've got yeah. some lessons here, I suppose. And he really starts drip, dipping into like this this mild existential issue of of like the morality of his prior job as an armorer creating these weapons Yep. That their only purpose is to is to like tear through flesh and kill people. Like, right. He's like, well, I, I, this is the first time I've actively killed somebody. Right. But it's certainly not the first time I have helped to kill somebody. You yeah. know, like he, he has supplied the weapons and that sort of thing. Is then he complicit, which is way deeper than I expected to read in an 80s sword and sorcery novel. Nine, yeah, 1984 sword and sorcery novel based on a game called Shadowkeep. I mean, that is that is a deep cut right there. It really um, is. It's fascinating. So they win. They they fight off the goblins. Um, they clear the blockade. The the Zista caravan is able to move on, 
And now that they're moving again, the goblins have really no recourse. Um, uh, the Zista warriors are able to like basically cut down. What we find out is that the Zista are just like these merciless warriors and yeah. they just, they are so strong and so fast. The only reason that they were trapped is because they, they had to block the arrows and spears from hitting the children. Um, yeah. That's, so they're just kind of stuck at that point. They're just kind of stuck. Defensive position. Uh, but they get out, they get up to the plateau and they, they, they reform their caravan into a defensive position and they kind of, uh, you know, stop to make camp and tend to their wounded and, and things like that. And um, yeah. so Practor uh, goes up to one of the Zistas um, and uh, who is working on tending to one of the wounded warriors. And uh, this the, the Zista, who's only ever referred to as senior mother, uh, tells Practor about how there is no Zista word for fatally wounded. Um, yeah, it's which a great I thought, touch. Which I thought was really neat. She said, either we're dead or we're not, we can recover from just about any in- injury. So it's like, you either either they're killed right then and there, or if you leave them living, they will recover eventually from the wound that that, that was given to them. I was like, yeah. that is actually kind of interesting. That's an interesting I was, little. <laughs> it immediately put into my mind like game mechanics. Yeah. I was like, exactly. okay, so do you you automatically, you know, pass any fortitude check you need to resist like dying Deaths. or bleeding yeah. out or something? That's pretty tough shit. That they have to be you you have to overkill them. They they can't like they automatically pass death saving th- rolls right. or something like, like that. That's that's like that's OP as <laughs> shit, man. It like. is. It is. <laughs> yeah. Um so uh they also she also tells him, tells Practor that basically they will never stop fighting when there's children involved. Uh yeah. because they do not have a traditional familial setup where it's just the biological parents who raise the children that's literally the village it takes the the entire village raises all the children um which is a very you know thousands of years ago um that's that was more the in in the line with the way humans used to raise their kids absolutely It it was more about the group rather than than just the biological parents um it's a it's a nice detail in it is. like subverting that expectation of, you know, colloquially, you know, thinking of something as cold blooded and seeing it being this family unit that they're very, very v- close knit indeed. Very, uh, very close knit family. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it's a it's a it's a really cool detail. Yeah. Yeah. I I, uh, I like it. And um so basically, the senior mother continues on and is like, well, we owe a debt to your party. And, and Practor's like, eh, forget about it. And she's yeah. like, she's like, no, it's law. It's Zista law. We can't just forget the obligation that we have to you. And he's like, oh, I'll just take like an extra sword or something. And she's like, sure. Nope. <laughs> she's like, nope, you got to we got to repay life with life. And he's like, oh, what does that mean? And basically, uh, dun, 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 we have a new party member. Chewbacca <laughs> joins the team. Chewbacca joins the team. Um, <laughs> no, oh. 
They send Wookiee life debts the fuck out of him. <laughs> life debts the fuck out of him. Uh, might as well be. In terms of strength, uh, it's basically yeah. a Wookiee. They send, they're going to ascend with the party. Uh, their finest warrior uh, named Hagrod, um, or is it Har- Hargrod? Hagrod or Hargrod? I think it's Hagrod. It's Har- no, Hargrod. 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 Um, he is their finest warrior and also the one who is able to withstand cold the most. Um, Mm -hmm. so he's he's the tankiest tank that ever tanked. Tankiest tank that ever tanked. Uh, (laughs) so basically, um, you know, Hargrod is like, all right, I'm going to go with you. And Practor's like, welcome to the team. You know, maybe we'll even be friends at some point. Hargrod's like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it'd be a lot easier if we weren't. Thanks. He's like, he's like, no. In fact, uh, as soon as I consider my debt to be paid, I leave. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. I respect that. <laughs> Gotta get back and tend to the children. Yeah, he, literally, he has a wife that he is leaving um, to to do this. Ain't that so, a bitch? Yeah, you're 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 getting attacked by goblins one minute, and the next, your husband's been volunteered for a suicide mission to shadow keep. Exactly, fun. Fun, been, fun, this has been a real fun, fun Tuesday. Yeah, uh, Sranel does not like uh, Hargrod uh, because the Zista are not fun people. No, <laughs> Sranel. By the way, this section of the book that we're reading is where Sranel starts really getting on my goddamn nerves. Stranel, Stranel goes from like, oh, isn't he a fun character? And we're like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> to, to, to the six-year-old that you feel like you have to swat every five minutes. <laughs> and we're, we're not quite there yet, but that's just like a hint of it. It's like, oh, man, these guys aren't very fun. Shut up. Can Shut you take, can you, can you fight until you're literally dead? Then fuck off, kangaroo. <laughs> I like the way I said kangaroo. It sounded like I was kind of slurring or something. Yeah, I I, I don't like that. I didn't like that. Yeah. Kangaroo <laughs> as a slur. That's yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Anyway, chapter six. <laughs> We're just gonna leave that there. <laughs> yeah, let's do. It. Let's let's leave that one in the dust. And let's leave that one in the dust. Uh, so they take off on their journey. They're going down the road. Um, <laughs> they have Proctor and Merrill have a brief discussion. Um, and I thought it was kind of funny. Basically, the end of the discussion is uh, Proctor will stop treating Marold as if she's like a delicate flower and breakable. Mm-hmm. And in return, Marold will stop flirting with him. <laughs> Man, this poor <laughs> girl back home. Janice, is that what it was? Janice? Uh, whatever. Ricency. The- Ricency, that's what it is. Yeah, just this poor girl. She gets basically no mentions. She gets like one mention in this section of the book. Yeah. And and otherwise, this guy is just falling all over himself over this elf. It is it is so sad. And, and Meryl's yeah. just giving it, laying it on thick. Like Oh every yeah, night. she knows what she's doing. She's 80 years old. He's not the first boy she's flirted with. Oh God! Um, so he's and he's like, I can't. I have a. I have. I'm, I'm betrothed to another back home. I got a. I got a girlfriend who's age appropriate and everything. And, and Merrill's like, Well, you stop treating me like I'm breakable, and I'll stop 
flirting with you is basically how that happens. And he's and like, do you, okay. and do you think either of those are going to happen or no, 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 I don't think so. No, Proctor, <laughs> Proctor has, has definitely has some sexism that he needs to work through. It, his, ain't, it ain't over. It ain't, it over, ain't folks. over. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, on their way, they have a, the DM rolls the dice and they have a random encounter with a caravan of humans fleeing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the direction of of Shadowkeep. Merrill, <laughs> uh, 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 can you roll perception for me, please? <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. He didn't say initiative, right? Okay, good. Okay, okay. Oh, you so you see a caravan? Okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a group it, of humans. It really does cling. feel that way for it a does lot feel of that way. <laughs> It does. <laughs> Um, uh, so they've they've they see a group of humans fleeing from the direction of Shadowkeep from a town called Kept Basin. Uh, what a name! That is that's a that is a great name. And Kept Basin is the town that is at the foot of Shadowkeep. Um, mm. From from what I what I gather, yeah, they, yeah. they in the shadow of Shadowkeep. In the shadow of Shadowkeep is a town called Kept Basin. And it's a, you know, quaint little town. And they talk to one of the travelers, an old man who is, you know, he's he's bringing up the rear of the caravan and he basically gives them the lowdown of what's going on. Uh, Kept Basin started getting hauntings. There were wraiths that kept appearing in people's homes uh, and emerging from the keep. And also, oh, it's also seems like it's always night there for some reason. (laughs) Uh, like I think our town's cursed. We should yeah. probably go. So everybody, everybody packs up and like heads out. Uh, and then, and then the the old man tells them about even though the town is completely empty, there is probably one person still there, and that is an innkeeper named Norrell, who Norrell. who does who has not left his inn behind, and he also says, and there's rumors that Norrell has more to offer than just rooms for rent. Right. So that's, and then the guy, don't they, don't they say that like his, his explanation is like, like, look, I sell the people and now I'll sell the demons. I don't, I don't give a shit. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. That's basically his explanation. He's like, yeah. I'll sell to anybody. I don't care. So, he's, he's truly a both yeah. sides are bad sort of fella. Exactly. So they, they arrive at capped basin. The a few days later, the soil's been corrupted. It's endlessly foggy, and they see Shadowkeep in person for the first time. Uh, basically, Practor says it was designed by someone who is clearly not an artist. It is right. grim, stolid, and dull. So it's just I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. A wizard who has no real sense of architecture, artistry, yeah. basically just threw this thing together. I'm like. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 yeah, the the that which makes a lot of sense when you think about it. I couldn't help but think like anytime you've seen these grand mansions and castles and stuff designed by, you know, that that this is a trope, you know, these places a that are wizard. built for wizards and he's he just holds himself up in there with all of these important tombs uh, tomes of knowledge and does you know, experiments and stuff. And they're always these grandly beautiful places. And I never thought about it until now, but it's like, oh yeah, they would probably be ugly as shit. Like, yeah, it would just be, it would just be really, it's just brutalism and East Soviet block kind of concrete yeah. walls and everything. 
You know, and, but but it's got priceless treasures inside. So my uh, my secret admission is that I kind of like brutalism. <laughs> brutalism is pretty cool. No, no, I, I'm with you. It is pretty cool. <laughs> I kind kind of dig it. I don't know why. Yeah. It's I just love I, I don't how blame you. imposing it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very it's very um yeah utilitarian and it. imposing at the same yeah. time. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you. So they they uh, they. They meet. Oh, and Practor and Merald have another back and forth, um, more flirting back and forth. Practor's yep. like, "Please stop calling me young." And uh, how would you like it if I started calling you old or elder? And she's like, mm -hmm. ha, 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 "Okay, fine." <laughs> Careful, Practor. She's gonna start calling you daddy next, and you're really <laughs> yes. not gonna know what to do then. Who's the daddy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, clearly it's Norrell, who is a big fat man. Um they big, meet Norrell. Big dude. <laughs> Just a big dude. They estimate at one point that's written like they estimate he's tapping tipping the scales at about four hundred pounds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a just a beefy man. Real tough to get a read on. He is he is he's like, I am neutral. I am Switzerland in this whole humans v demons uh right. debate. <laughs> he's I'm a weird character so weird he's so antagonistic and condescending in different ways to each of the party members too right <laughs> but then he's like all right well come on let's all get drunk and and have a big meal and like and then suddenly he's like super supportive and very cool yeah yeah so so they basically uh chapter uh seven begins with them realizing that with them with Norrell preparing a huge feast and mm. and so that it's like it's more food than he typically cooks he's like well i got no other travelers to tend to so i'm gonna make a big meal and i thought it was great <coughs> that merald is described as having moved away from the group and her male companions are assaulting their plates <laughs> yeah that was a i love that line yeah <laughs> She just like moves a few seats down because she's kind of disgusted with how they're eating. <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of food flying in the air too. Just like yes. a lot of shit ain't hitting the the, the target, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. Um they they all retire for the evening and Norrell takes Practor into a back storeroom to show this him was some such a weird scene. Such a weird moment. And it's a weird moment for nothing to happen. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Yes. So Norrell takes Practor back into this this storeroom and it has all of this, you know, it's basically like the the building. It's at the end of Ar the Raiders of the, the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, he, Norrell just has all this uh, stuff that top men should be looking at <laughs> in the storeroom. Top men. Top men. Uh, <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> they call him Baloch. That's that's that's. <laughs> we could do this all night, guys. We could do this, <laughs> Belloc. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, I get the feeling we might. We might. <laughs> <laughs> so it takes um. Uh, so uh, Belloc takes Practor back into the storeroom to show him some things that he has for sale, relics, potions, et cetera, et cetera. 
and uh there's this golden ring that Proctor is really interested in. He's also like, well, maybe Merrill would like it. And like, how about your fucking yeah. girlfriend, Proctor? He's already, <laughs> yeah. He's like, he left his girlfriend. He's like, baby, I'm going to bring home riches. And sh- look, I'm just saying, I know a lot of enlisted guys like this dude. Like, like just, <laughs> baby, I'm going to bring you back so much cool shit. We're going to have a family and, and live on a cul-de-sac. And the first foreign girl that catches his eye, who, who's, who, who are we talking about back on? Nobody. That doesn't yeah. sound like a real person. That does, that's not a real name. You made that up. I don't. I think I'd remember <laughs> if I promised my precious, precious virginity to a woman named Ricency. <laughs> pretty um, sure I'd know. Pretty sure. Pretty sure I'd know. Um, but yeah, he's like, oh man, this this ring would be great for Marold and 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 um. Norrell's like, great, it's 10,000 gold. And Proctor's right. like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and I love, and, he, and, and the guy's like, and he really seems, he does say, he says like, hey, look, I know not to judge a book by its color. Maybe, I thought maybe you might've had the money. And he's like, no, I don't even, I can't I, even wrap my head around that kind of money. And he's like, well, um, everything else is pretty expensive. And Proctor's like, hey, I think I'm good. And oh yeah, he hustles him out of there. He starts to realize that's his budget, and he's like, "Oh no, we're moving on. That's we're not. Yeah, no, we're never on. mind. Forget I said anything." So, um, so they they wake up the next morning. Norrell Wait, feeds hold them on, real quick, and that's it. That's it. Like the whole scene is just a sales pitch. Just a, it, I, Norrell basically brings him in for like he's like, "Listen, I know this town is a little empty right now, but I got some timeshares." They Dude, got yes, the, that's exactly what it they is. got. They 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 got keep view. So you yeah. have you have a view of the of Shadow Keep from the backyard. <laughs> um, okay. you get we you got, get th- three days a year. Um, and it's called like, Glen Ross Farms. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's called it's called Shadow Glen. <laughs> it's called Herbalife and Herbalife. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying. It's like his his fucking uh, 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 what do they call it? The the MM uh, MM uh, uh, multi level mark MLMs. Yeah, MLM. It's like he's pitching his MLM to him. Yeah, and that's it. That's all that happens. That's all that happens, like, and they move on. It's, and, and it's that's, such a weird scene. It is a it's weird. So scene. weird. I assume it's gonna come back later as important, but it has to. Doesn't it? Has it? To. Like, I it think. has to. Yeah. Uh, We'll see. I hope, like, I feel like, I feel that that's that's kind of a big miss if like that doesn't come around in some way, like at it's all. Such a weird scene. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they uh, the next morning, Norrell gives them a huge breakfast, even though they still they can't eat anymore. Um, right. And they're like, "All right, uh, we're gonna go walk over Shadow Keep now because." That's the thing is Shadow Keep is just it's just like over there. Like it yeah. is it's it's like across the street from the scene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's up the road. <laughs> or like we're gonna leave our horses with you. Uh yeah. if you can take care of them and we're gonna go into Shadow Keep. We're gonna stop at the Bojangles along the way to Shadow Keep, which is just <laughs> up the road. <laughs> we're gonna step up. 
Oh God! Um, it's, it's so casual. Like they're here now. Like it's. What's Bojangles? And it's known funny because we're about halfway. Fried huh? chicken, right? Bojangles is fried chicken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 20, 24 hour a day biscuits, my friend. Some of oh, the best yes. biscuits in the world. <laughs> so damn good. Oh uh, uh, yeah, they they and and it, it I, and I was starting to get to the point because we're about halfway through the book now. Yeah. And Almost exactly halfway through. Yes, and we have been collecting our party so thoroughly that I was starting to go. I swear to Christ, if this book ends with them standing outside of Shadowkeep, I'm going to lose my mind. So the fact, you know, like some elaborate prologue, you know, because I know that in the game you have a party of 10. Sure. And uh, and so there was a part of me that was like, I wonder if it's just this bo- whole book is him just collecting a party of 10. And then uh, it's and like then- Shadowkeep loomed ahead. Right, and then, right, and it's like you want to find out what happens next. Play well, Shadow you can by playing the game. Like, I, but no, we're actually going to go in now. We're no, actually we're going, going in. into Shadow Keep. We're going in. Um, they come up to Shadow Keep. Uh, it's 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 got a big old door, and they are like, "Well, what do we do? Uh, how do we do this?" And uh, Merald is like, uh, "Okay, watch this," and she like she <laughs> like Merald. Fucking Merrill. She basically goes up and she like touches the door in some random ways. And then the door talks to them, says, speak the word. And she goes up and like whispers something to the door and the door opens. And Proctor's like, how did you know that? And she's like, it was obvious and refuses to explain anymore. And and explains nothing. Just and basically just chides him like you really need to start paying closer attention to the shit that uh, the shit that's going on around around you, you, buddy. And Proctor's like, what the hell? (laughs) She's like, come along, dum dum. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's exactly it. It's like, dude, (laughs) what the fuck, man? Meryl gets so rude. I, I was like, I, I found myself like flipping back and forth. Like I was just like, like wait, what? Did I miss something? The hell? Like, no, the only person who could see it, who could get, who could figure it out, is Merald. She just she put she solves the puzzle, and they don't even know that they're trying to solve a puzzle. Right. <laughs> right. They got no idea. And they're like, they're like, what? Okay. Um, fuck. So, all right. Well, good. So, I'm guess so, I'm glad she came. <laughs> so Merrill walks her arrogant ass into the building. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> but what um, an ass. But what an ass. If you're if you are Practor, you're you're still you're still thirsting after it. Just um, thirst. It never Speaking ends. of thirsting, Srannel sees an all silver altar and <sighs> decides to be the absolute dumbest character in the book. <laughs> This is this is literally Serrano's first game of D anD D. He ha- like he exists to be the most stereotypical rogue in the party. <laughs> There's an altar made completely out of silver, and right. he's like, "Well, you know what? That's that's all I need. Let's let's <laughs> li- let's drag that thing out of here. We melt that baby down." wagons are going to have to like carry that that amount of silver back and they're right. like no we're not here for that and Sranel's like not you're not here, here for that and they're and, and they're like Sranel, don't touch it 
there's a rune in the ceiling above it. And Sranel's like, whatever. And then he touches it and he gets hit by a lightning bolt. <laughs> yep. He gets, sure he gets swung across the room and they're like, is he dead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They literally assume he's dead at first. They don't even... <laughs> He's like, well, fuck, he's dead. And I think his barrel just pointed. She's like, no, he's just, he's stunned. He's, he's, no, he's just stupid as hell. That's he's just, <laughs> Merrill's like, nah, he's, he's pretty much just an idiot. Um, yeah. And, and, it's, it's, and Proctor just like kicks him awake. Uh, right. <laughs> like, what the so, fuck? So they give him a lot of shit for being very greedy and yep. uh, they move on. Um, they move on and, to so, the and next you think room. to yourself you think to yourself alright he's learned he's his learned lesson. his lesson clearly yeah. clearly 100% mm-hmm. Sranel is not going to try to steal from Shadowkeep again no sir no, no sir no so they move to the armory and uh, mm. there's like an there's like an anvil and a hammer and Practor and Meryl debate whether Practor should hit the anvil with the hammer and Meryl right. is like didn't you just see right. what <laughs> happened? For God's sake, man. <laughs> that fucking kangaroo is a goddamn moron. Anyway, what do you think will happen if I hit this thing with my hammer? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, it's got runes on it and these might be good runes. And she's yeah, like, yeah. she's like, I don't understand them. You don't understand them. Just assume all runes are bad runes for the moment. Can we, can we play that game for a little while? Mm. <laughs> so they don't. They 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 decide not to, and they they go into the next room, which is the barracks. So they were they basically uh, in my mind's eye. They first they were in like a main hall, and then behind that was an armory, and behind that is a barracks. Yeah. And um, you know the. <laughs> The barracks are filthy, but Sranel is basically like dumping, jumping into piles of garbage, looking yeah. to see if there's anything. He totally finds, is. He finds three golds. <laughs> and I and I like the I like the term they use for gold coins. They call them goldens. Yes, it's just yeah. a little detail, and I, I thought it's that was a detail. fun detail. And Sranel cleans the goldens by licking them, and Merrill nearly <laughs> throws up. Yeah, he sure does. He sure does. That was just that was just a part of it. He just, yeah. Merrill is wow. not happy with what having seen. That. No. And and you gotta be honest, like based on the way that fantasy, uh traditional nowadays fantasy uh treats elves, you figure they're the most likely to be like bigoted. Yeah. Probably because they tend to be very erudite and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and waspy. So you know she's like like holding down like like fourteen different like versions of mud blood for a, a kangaroo <laughs> yes. at that point. <laughs> she's gonna dip into that 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 Harry Potter racism real quick. Right. <laughs> you know you know that J.K. Rowling shit. She's gonna you know I learned it by watching you Rowling. Uh, that fucking turf. Anyway, eh, um, turf. anyhow, she's a piece of shit. Uh, that's yeah. the that's the position of Pixelit Podcast is J.K. Rowling. Indeed, fucking. And sucks. we'll give it to you in writing as soon as we want to. As soon as we care, um, mm-hmm. we will give it to you in writing that she sucks. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they they and then they find a little pedestal device with all of these like slots in it, 
and uh, and Proctor is like, oh, I saw gems from Norrell's storeroom that would fit into this thing. And they're all basically just like, all right, well. Cool. Cool. I mean, we're not outside at Norrell's. We're kind of stuck in here now. And then so, uh, there's like a there's like a pregnant pause, and and meanwhile, <laughs> Hargrod is like, hey, "I found the stairs." <laughs> yeah. It does, you know, it does kind of that moment kind of feels like when you're playing an RPG yeah. and you hit a moment where you go, "Oh fuck, I think there might have been a side quest that I missed here." Like you, there was an item that you could have gotten earlier yes. and you went, ah, fuck it. Let's keep going. And you get here and you're like, oh man. Exactly. Exactly. So Hargrod fa- finds the stairs <clears throat> and um, they go up to the second floor and immediately they're under attack. Yes. Uh, there, there's clubs, there's spears, there's all sorts of things being swung in their direction. And um, basically, Merrill and Practor make a run. They sprint for the next set of stairs and Hargrod and Sranel basically hold off the attackers. And it's an interesting detail where there these attackers are not demons, but they also no. don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> they don't really give a lot of description, do they? Like it's, it's just like, like it's like they're they're like we can't tell what they are. They're not demons. They're they're things, but what they are we can't really define. <laughs> <laughs> They're less than demons, but more than man, partly metal, partly real. I don't know. It's yeah. it just they don't get a lot of descriptors here. Yeah. Um so they they basically Hargrod and Saran will fight fight them off. Uh they back their cell themselves up to the stairwell that uh Marold and Practor ran up, and as soon as they get up, Practor basically closes the path with a table. He like flips a table over the entrance yeah. to block the things from getting through. Um, so and Marold explains to them like these things are under somebody's, you know, magical command or whatever. They're not gonna, they're just going to stand there like underneath this entrance. We can't mm-hmm. go back this way. Um, so they have to find another way. They uh, as they're. Uh, Checking the room that they're in, they find a pile of bones in which is a skull that begins to float. And this is just kind of like a. You probably had had problems with the use of this word. Um, Merrill calls it a lich. Like, that's right. With a T. Yeah. With a T. A lich with a T. Um, and it is a floating skull. It's like a, it's like a watchdog almost. Yeah. And it's there to protect. It's a, uh, if I may, if I may, may Kevin, uh, for the fans of ours who are, uh, Warhammer 40k fans, uh, 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 uh that it, it resembles a servo skull. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's, there's one for the supercut. There's <laughs> there's one for the Warhammer 40k supercut. Um so it's this floating skull and it's there to basically just protect a single thing. It's not there to protect anything else in Shadowkeep. It's just one yeah. individual thing. And um so Practor starts sorting through the pile of bones and finds a book. 
And when Praktor tries to touch it, the Lich just like its eyes glow and burns Praktor's arm. Um, mm-hmm. And Hargrod destroys it with one swift blow from his axe, shattering it um, across the room. And uh, basically it gave uh, it gave Praktor like instantaneous sunburn on his arm yeah. where it was looking. So I imagine if it was if its gaze kept looking at him, he probably would have been like melted or something. I don't know. Yeah, like a kind of light death ray sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then also, uh, so after Hargrod breaks the skull, he finds a gem inside of it, which is the life essence of the Lich that Merald explains. Um, I maybe that'll come back later. I'm not sure. I, I, I yeah, I feel like we're it's either we're setting a lot of little. Uh, uh, breadcrumbs to come back to here, or this is literally like a dungeon crawl sort of thing where it's just like, no, that's his reward. He gets he gets a gem. Yeah, I'm not sure which it, what it is uh, either. And we probably could have found out had Sranel, uh for the second time in four Fucking four rooms decides to touch something. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> This is anti-Rue propaganda. That's what this is. These are, these are <laughs> Rue this, stereotypes. That's what this book is. Um, so yeah, basically there the is a, there's a there's a case, a sword case. Um, and Sranel's like, I'm going to open it. And he opens it and out comes poison gas. Whoops, it was what? trapped. What? Um, and it like knocks Sranel out. Hargrod like grabs Sranel, throws him over his shoulder. It it blinds Practor and Marold, and Hargrod has to like save everybody, like dragging them out of the room and into a hallway, uh, so they they can recover. Um, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like if if I was volunteered for this mission by my my grandmother or whatever she yeah. the senior mother thing. I'd yeah. be so pissed at this point. I'm yeah, like, are Hargrod you serious? Like, oh my God. These people are so dumb. <laughs> no, no, they're meant. No, no, this is, this is Darwin at its finest. They're meant to go. Like, yeah. why am I here? I am just slowing down evolution. <laughs> so Hargrod gets them out and Practor basically makes an announcement that no one is allowed <laughs> to touch anything. Unless Merald says so. And he's like, not even himself. He's like, he's like taking the, the taking it off himself and saying, it's Merald has to, that has to determine whether yeah, it's safe to touch. Like, because I, because I almost fucked up too. I'm not going to, I'm not going to let myself go for that one. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, new rule, new, new, yeah. new, uh, thanks for the safety tip, Egon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, and then they see, they find a troll sitting behind a desk waiting for his lunch. Just hanging out. Just hanging out. He's like, you, do you guys have my lunch? And we're like, oh, sorry, we, we're we not Postmates. And he's like, oh, that's fine. I'll eat you instead. Well, I, I love, <laughs> I by love- the way, that he says, he says, I'm waiting for my lunch, which I thought was a setup 
for him to say, no, you're my lunch, because they go and they say, well, yeah, sorry, we didn't bring you any lunch. And he goes, well, the person who's supposed to bring my, me my lunch will be punished for that. But for now, I'm going to. So he actually was waiting for his he lunch. Literally he was, was literally just sitting there waiting to, to eat his lunch. I wonder who caters Shadow Keep. I, or, is I, it, or do they just do Jimmy John's like everybody else? <laughs> Jimmy John's. Um, <laughs> Please sponsor us, Jimmy it's, John's. It's basically the only businesses in uh, in Kept Basin are Norrell's Inn and then a Jimmy John's. Right, exactly. Free smells, the neon sign up <laughs> in the windows. <laughs> so the troll's like, ah, um, that's basically this entire this entire sequence is the troll going by and they're like they Scooby Doo on out of there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Leaving a cloud in their in their own shapes behind. There's a shaggy yeah. shaped cloud behind them as right. they run. <laughs> zoinks! Like zoinks, Scoop and uh, Hargrod really earning his his life debt here. Um, basically, is like running backwards with them and killing all the little trolls that the big troll releases uh, to cover yeah. their escape. Like Hargrod really just just doing his doing the work here. <laughs> he just is there ooh, is there a better MVP than Hargrod they, at this point? It's like, like they just, it's like here you are all like second level uh people we're giving you this like level 10 fighter. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. If you ever play WoW and you're in a in an instance or something like that, and everybody's the appropriate level except for that one guy who's so and so's friend who's walking you guys through it, like that's basically what Hargrod is. He's just double the level of everybody else. Yeah, yeah. He's so they they run down a hallway, um, and and. Merald is basically doing her intuition thing and she's like, no, go right here. And they go go because they they reach an intersection and then they go down a different hallway and then they reach a, another like intersection where it kind of branches off into three paths. Um, and she's like, all right, uh, we got to go down the right one. And Sarandle's like, what do you mean? They're all going to be dead ends like because Sarandle like went ahead and like quickly looked at the end of each hallway. He's like, they're all dead ends. And she's like, no, we got to go down this one. And she gets to they the party gets to the end of the hallway. The trolls are still coming after them. And uh, she's like, look at this wall. And it's like subtly changing colors. And they're and they're like, what is it? And she's like, well, it's a wall, but there's something behind it. And they're like, what's behind it? I don't know. But something is behind it. <laughs> but something's behind it. Um. So they take a leap and it's a portal and they run through the portal and it's it's a really nice moment where they get through the portal and then one of the trolls reaches its arm out through the portal as well. And Meryl takes a little bit of a dust dust from a pouch and, and sprays it onto the wall and says some magic stuff. And the portal closes with the with the troll's arm on the other side and it cuts it off and the troll's arm falls to the ground and they say yeah. they hear like they hear like screaming somewhere else in shadow keep yeah. <laughs> so it's it's it's, it's, it's 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 interesting yeah yeah it's it's we're, we're reaching a whole weird area here with Meryl too where like is she a mage yeah it's, not like, i don't think she's specifically a mage but 
the thing I, I the thing I kind of view her as is in so in Elden Ring they had this class of basically this specialty that you could pick up called perfuming. So there are these enemies called perfumers where they like instead of casting a fire spell, they would take like a dust and throw it into the air and that would cause like explode like little fire to appear in the air. So like okay. the perfumers, like their entire thing was using like dust and 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 perfumes and and other tangible things um to create something that normally like a wizard would just like cast a spell or or what have you. Uh perfumers right. used like magical stuff instead. Um so like almost an alchemist kind of situation. Kind of like an alchemist character, yeah. So okay. I think part of her studies is like she knows a lot about magic. She knows a lot about a lot of things, but she right. specifically knows a lot about magic, not necessarily as in she's a magician or a mage, but she knows how to close a portal, for example. Right. She's just, uh, yeah, she's like this this kind of intellectual jack of all trades. Right. Right. Interesting. Which is, which is, because uh, in D&D, the, what is it? Is it a, um, is it, a, which one is it that is, that learns magic by studying it? Wizard. Wizard. Okay. So yeah. it's like a wizard, but she, she has studied it, but she doesn't actually do it. She just knows right. it. Right. You know? It's a, it, it makes for an interest, because they've talked, they talk about mages. They talk about wizards. So yeah. magic is an existing force in this, but, you know, we don't have a mage. It's, it makes for an interesting class, I suppose, a class uh, uh, dynamic uh, between all of them. It's just, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, she's a really interesting character, I guess. Is she what I'm is. At. Yeah. Um, so they, they continue on and they are somewhere else in Shadowkeep. They actually don't know where they are now. Uh, because they've gone through this portal and yeah. they don't know what floor they're on. Um, they know, though, yeah, they that... they fully warp zoned. They, are, they warp zoned. They, they, Super Mario Brothers, they skipped a few stages here. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Because it seems like they're in... Um, they don't say it specifically. It seems like Gore Withers, like, throne room or just, like, his... <laughs> yeah. It, because it, he has... There's a chair. There's, like plenty of space for people to just kind of like mill about and hang out like if he was if he was like having a meeting of a bunch of other wizards or something like that they could and his his chair is at the head of the room um mm -hmm. and it has some the the chair and fucking Sranel touches the chair um <laughs> of course of course <laughs> and this time they're like well maybe he's right this time shut up He's not. <laughs> He's not. The chair starts oh like God. glowing. Basically, the chair has some magical properties. I think the way they explain it is like it would give the person who sits in it possibly the not like Gore Withers knowledge. Um, yeah. But they're like, yeah, we're not. We're not going to touch it. Or, or, or maybe let's not do that thing. And Merrill's like, that? Practor, Practor, why don't you sit in it? And Practor's like, no. <laughs> Just, just no. Just I'd rather no. not. <laughs> like at least Practor learned his lesson. You got to give it to him. 
So the, there's this magical chair and they have the option to sit in it and all of them check the no box and they, yep. they're like, we're moving. <laughs> moving on, people. Um, so nobody has any. And, and meanwhile, though, uh, Srandal has left the room and the chapter, our section ends for this evening, uh, ends with Srandal screaming from another room. And that's where we leave off because and we God, can only we, I mean, we can only hope that third time's the charm and he's finally dead. Yes. What the <laughs> fuck, Srannel? What the fuck? So we I, were uh, all rooting for you. So we're two thirds of the way through the book. How are you feeling yes. with, with the book? So I'm, far? I'm still really enjoying it. It's still a lot <laughs> it's, of fun. There's so many like fun, fun character moments. Like the, yeah. the characters like like, ah, the characters are really they have a shit ton of faults, you know? Yes. Uh, Merrill is but arrogant. The, Proctor yeah. is sexist. Um, uh, and, and just so ready to forget about his girlfriend. About rice and sea. Yeah. Srannel, uh seems he's got a lot of moxie and enthusiasm. And that is matched by his being as dumb as a box of rocks uh, situationally. Mm-hmm. Um, as a rogue. That's that seems about right. <laughs> and our and our and our tank loves too much. So everybody's got equal, you know, issue. Just, our tank is I think like, he should have left by now. He should have left by now. This is the tank is being played by like, you know, a 16 year old. And he's been told by his mom that he has to play with his his nine year old younger brother uh, yep. and his friends. And he's like, all right, so he's got to keep him out of troubles. Best I'm only doing can. it if Mom's I can use my pissed. character. And so, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. The, so he that's that's the vibe I get from Hargrod. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like we need like he just he's just earned so much at this point. You're like, all right, he got that one gem. But I feel like I feel like he gets like half of the treasure and then the rest of them divvy up the other half. Like, yeah. I think he's earned it at this point. He's earned it at this point. So, yeah, we have uh, one episode left of Shadowkeep. Um, really burning through this book. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an easy one, isn't it? It's, it's very a, it's very page-turny. It's page-turny. Um, it's pretty easy to break down everything that's happening in each chapter. So we got about yeah. eh, 80 or so pages left. So we'll be, yeah. we'll be good to go next episode. Um, and now for our new... It's I guess it's no longer new. It's we've been doing it for a few weeks. Brand new. Brand new. New ish. Yeah. Now for a segment I like to call What Are You Playing? So what are you playing, Phil? Um I think I am I'm 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 about done with um Dead Space Three. Okay. I haven't completed it. I just don't think I want to play it anymore. Mm. Uh it's just, it, it's like, it, it isn't getting much better. There's still a level of like the stuff that you like from Dead Space, but it's getting really monotonous. Oh, gotcha. And, uh, and the, when it isn't monotonous, it, it, it you're dealing with a storyline that is intensely stupid. Right. There's just, the, it's like, why do I give a shit about if he gets the girl? Like I, there's way too much emo drama about my ex-girlfriend uh, who has a new boyfriend 
who wants to kill us because he doesn't like that I'm his her ex-boyfriend. Right. Too much too much boyfriend drama. Way too much boyfriend space. drama. Yeah. Yeah. Um I mean his ex girlfriend did... his ex girlfriend is uh is is smoking hot, but so uh, Yeah, yeah. I understand, but also come on, man. It's just it it's yeah, it's kind of it's it's embarrassing. I feel I feel kind of like Every time a cutscene starts in, I kind of start preemptively cringe. Yeah, like or I'm just like I am not going to care. The cringe about is the next, strong, like, right? And and you can't skip it. So, I, mm. yeah, I'm I, I'm at chapter 15, which means I'm about 75 percent of the way through, which feels like it'd be a shame to quit now. But I, I I'm I'm genuinely feeling like I might be soon. Yeah. Um, but it's not all bad news. I am also playing a game called Ravenous Devils. Oh, what is that? This, I think this one came out this year. It is essentially, do you know uh, Sweeney Todd? Yes. The Demon Barber of The Demon Fleet Barber Street? of Fleet Street. Uh, this is essentially by, Sweeney Todd uh, the game. Played by Johnny Depp in <laughs> the movie version. And I believe everyone yes. agrees that that's the best version, right? That's it is that's, it is there are no other versions there to are compare no it other to. Uh, versions of Sweeney Todd. And um, there and there never will have to be. Uh and uh, it'll just be that until because when you get it right, uh you don't you know, fuss with when it. you're Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, they're gonna get it right uh every time every every time. You Every know? time. So yeah, this was this was them saying a tribute to that in game form because they don't want to fuck with the music, that classic operatic voice, uh, that Depp and Helena Bottom Carter uh, is known for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I almost got through it. I very, almost got very long it. pause. <laughs> <sighs> Helena. Um, yeah, but Ravenous Devils is a um, it's a kind of a simulation strategy game where you play um, a couple. You have two characters uh, and the husband is a tailor as instead of a barber and the wife is a pie maker. And it works very much in the same way as uh, the plot line of Sweeney Todd, where you uh, open up a pie shop on the bottom of the house and a tailor's on the top of the house. And when somebody comes by to uh, look at your clothes, you kill them, steal their clothes, re, you know, kind of like redo them. uh, So they look nice and new and everything, send the body down the chute. And then you swap to the wife and grind up the, the body, make pies out of it, swap back up. It's, it's very tense. You have to swap back and forth. Yeah. Uh, you have to time things out just right. Uh, and the whole idea is you want to keep the customers happy uh, because if they're not happy, they might start to notice some of the suspicious shit that's going on. And you do get uh, kind of a plot line like people kind of blackmailing you and you get little missions. But the whole thing is basically upgrading your shops so that things are easier. You get more mannequins to hang more clothes on, more tables for people to eat more cannibal pies. It's great. Um it's it's a lot of fun. I think it was five bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was looking at it at Steam it, just now. Yeah. It's it's a it's a it's it's tense. It's fun. It's not perfect. It's it's got some bugs in it. Uh, I actually have to start over 
because they try to walk you through um, the tutorial kind of stuff uh, bit by bit as you go, which is, I think, a better way to do things uh, instead of top loading it. But unfortunately, I've run into an issue where um, I got ahead of them a little bit and it just fucked up uh, the tutorial section uh, because, yeah. uh, it, you know, so you kind of have to go at their pace sometimes, which is frustrating. That's um, that is the worst. I mean, I, I understand yeah. the benefit that tutorials bring, um, but this happens a lot in even in, in regular software uh, or, or web web apps where I'll be like, all right, I know exactly what I, I want to go do. And it's like, well, hold up there, partner. We're going right. to run you through yeah. the tutorial. And there's like no obvious way to just close the tutorial out. And they're like, no, I got to go click on the thing. And they're like, first, you're going to want to click over here. Be like, I don't need to click over there. I need to click yeah, over and you here. Can't, and you can't skip it. And, and yeah. it's like, and, and then, you know, the clippy appears on screen. And it's right. like, it looks like you're having trouble clicking the next button. And you're like, fucking clippy. And then. Uh, then the guy, uh, the, the Mr. DNA from, from Jurassic Park <laughs> appears on the screen and he's like, this tutorial was built with Dono DNA. <laughs> <laughs> it comes from your blood. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot like that. And I think, I think it would be one thing if the mechanics of this game were truly unique and very kind of confusing right. and that, but these are. These are pretty well-worn mechanics, mm -hmm. which is fine. That you know, we don't have to re redo the wheel every single time. Um, it, yeah, but I feel like I feel like you get it's kind of like being a DM uh, with D and D and that sort of thing, and you get too far ahead of it, and you don't you railroad people a little bit if you're not yeah. careful. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's I'm I'm gonna get back into it, but I did have to take a break because I was frustrated because basically I was I knew I was gonna have to start all over. Oh yeah, I know um, that. I know that feeling. But uh, but you know that's what you run into with these indie games, and it makes it you know these things can be worth it. And so far, it is. I'm I'm enjoying it so far. So yeah, Ravenous Devils. I mean, five bucks. It's worth a look. It's it's, it's fun. like a, a sideways thumbs tilting up. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Pretty it's good. Fine. Yeah. Um, B solid B right what, now. What am I playing this past week? Um, yes, sir. So I was prepping for my daughter's birthday party. So I was basically playing things that I had previously played. Um, so yeah, this week was a lot of twenty minutes till dawn. Um, mm -hmm. there's been some updates to 20 minutes till dawn and, uh, there's some content updates to vampire survivors, which yes. I was back in, I was back on my bullshit, getting the, mm -hmm. getting the new achievements. Um, they added the, uh, the final boss. So you can, yes. you can fight the final boss now. Um, which, which I did and I mm -hmm. beat it. So. Does that mean I stopped playing the game? No, it doesn't. <laughs> nope. I still have more achievements to get. <laughs> I have never played a game that was so welcoming to get back into after I hadn't played it for like a week. Yeah. 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 And you know what the, What it is, is the developer used to work on slot machines. Well, son of a bitch, that <laughs> explains everything. Oh, my God. No, that explains everything about this game. 
holy shit. How am I just hearing that? That makes so much sense. Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. The developer knows how to like I was thinking about the other day. I was like, oh, man, this game would be if this game had microtransactions, they would be so predatory. They'd rule the world. <laughs> Thank God it doesn't. And the game still only costs two ninety nine. Right. God. <laughs> Good God. That oh, would be insane. God. That would be the worst. But no, I I I don't know. I, I know the next update is is version one and they're out of early access, I believe. Um, oh, okay. The, so after, after this next update is it. it it's pretty much going to be it, I think, unless they, they do some big... Until they start doing expansions. Expansions and, and DLC or, or what have you. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, it's it's still still a fun game, and it's like one of those things where it's like, oh, you know, I'll I'll play it a little bit, and then suddenly I've added ten more hours to my playtime of this game. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I'm also still playing the quarry here and there, uh, just trying to round out some of the achievements on there. Um, they uh, and they they just did some some little updates. Um, for you know there's a there's a little con- content patch that they added where they had um they added 80s throwback character outfits dlc oh that's fun <laughs> for all the characters um and they added a new online multiplayer mode uh where you can have seven friends that have the game and basically nice. the seven friends can play along with you and everybody votes on the decisions Oh, we've got to do that. Yeah. Because I want to get this game anyhow. We need yeah. to find out who in our in our, our group know, uh, has this game. Yeah, yeah. Because that sounds fun as shit. It, it does. Um, otherwise, nothing. Uh, I'm, I'm not playing anything, anything new at the moment. Um, just kind of working through some, some old stuff. Uh, but, hey, look at that. There's a weekend deal. All right. Uh, this is oh, uh, you know what this this episode is going to come out after the the offer ends. So I'm going to tell you, Phil, right now. Uh, yeah, that this con- is always bad news for Phil. Control is seventy percent off right now. You liked Control a lot, as I recall. I did. And that's that. Um, was it SPC? Yes, thing? it is. It is. Um, Basically, it is it is set in the same universe as Alan Wake. Um, okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's it's Remedy makes it, and uh, it's set in the same universe as Alan Wake. There's actually some Alan Wake tie-ins to the game. Um, nice. So, uh, yeah, SCP. It's very SCP-like, where uh, you are going into this this unidentified government bureau to rescue your brother and basically the entire building. Um, it's, it's called the oldest house, I believe. Um, okay. And there's some weird like Norse mythology tie-ins to it that are never fully explained. And that's, that's actually kind of the thing I like about it is like a lot of people would say, Oh, control, you know, I hate that they don't explain everything. And I'm like, man, I fucking love that. They just like, yep, it's, uh, it, it's, it, the house, it has something to do with Yggdrasil. Maybe. Well, that's 
That used to be what was great about those things, man. Like, yeah, like maybe. Anyway, we got to keep moving, and be like, no, no, no. Wait, what what was that? Be like, wait, we we don't we do not have time to explain. We got to keep moving. (laughs) That's see, I like that. That's awesome. (laughs) It'd be like you go through this one portal, be like, why is the why am I in the middle of the night sky? Like, why wouldn't you be? What? Of course you are. Moving on. Huh? Yeah. No, no, that's just that's just where you are. It's, but why it's, though? Just trust why? me. It's a weird building. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know. I don't understand why you're not ca- catching up to this the fact that it's really fucking weird in here. I love that shit. That's there's there's there need, there's we need more room for that. Like, we need more we are, room for weird weird just for weird sake in, in Absolutely. Media. Not everything needs to be footnoted and explained. No, we don't. We don't need to overexpose everything. I'm going to write a story with magic in it, and I'm not going to explain how magic works in that universe. Good. You know what? Good. The rules are not even going to be consistent. There's going to be no consistent rules. Why? It's fucking no magic. Consistency. It's magic. Pure chaos. It's chaos. It is all it is is chaos. <laughs> it works sometimes because you want it to work. It works sometimes because you don't want it to work. <laughs> it's. It's, I love it. It's uh yeah. So uh but that'll do it. Uh that'll 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 absolutely do it for tonight's episode. So if you want to help us out, if you really truly want to help us out, and you give know us a you follow. Do. Give us a follow on your podcatcher of choice and rate us five stars or whatever rating system they have. Uh but yeah, iTunes and Spotify rate us five stars really helps out. Uh, on iTunes, if you could re- leave a written review, that would be even doubly helpful. Uh, follow us on Instagram and the Twitters at PixelitPod. Uh, check out our website at PixelitPod.com where it has links to the Discord and our Steam Curator group where you can see our curated reviews for the games that we talk about in the What Are You Playing segment. Yes. So that'll do it for tonight's episode. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.